guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Thank you, Nick. Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Leute. Wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalker Podcast worldwide. This is episode 100 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the show, as always, is Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack, on episode 100? Doing fantastic, and congratulations to you on episode 100. Congratulations to us, but you know, you, 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 you as the original creator before I... Before I joined on, I was gonna. I was hoping to record this. I'm actually in Wisconsin right now, which is not where I'm typically located. I was hoping to record this outside, and I was gonna light up, you know, like a victory cigar for us and everything, <laughs> celebrate. But couldn't Set up get that working. Alarms now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how are we doing? So uh, yeah, uh, as you all heard in the opening of this podcast, uh, Nick Tatigui, as he as he tells us, um, he gives us a you know a, a thanking us for our hundred episodes and for everything we've been doing for. Uh, to spread the shock of love in, in the in the United States and Canada and and, and abroad to the English speaking audience, so that's very cool of him to do that for us, Jack. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we really appreciate him taking time out of uh, his busy schedule to uh, to contribute to uh, a podcast over here in the U.S., which is uh, definitely not his his primary concern, nor should it be. So we appreciate the Shalka support as always, <laughs> and, uh, and Nick for taking some time with us. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to do, uh, well, let's tell you about the rundown for the show tonight. So uh, just so, you, so you're aware of what's going on. So uh, we will do the Nick interview first. Uh, we want to get that out of the way because uh, one, it's a special interview. We want to make sure as many people get to it as possible. And then we're going to get into Verda Bremen, what happened there, the, you know, Wagner's uh, uh, pushing out the door, get him out, you know, uh, he's gone. Uh, then obviously we're going to talk about the new manager, Baum, and uh, his, uh, he brings along Naldo to join us in the show, which uh, or not on the show, but uh, on the team, which is awesome to hear. Uh, and then we'll get to some listener question and answers. Uh, we want to preface this at saying that the interview is pre-recorded, so I apologize if you had some questions for Nick. You can still send it our way, and we'll try to we'll try to relay over to Nick. But uh, this is pre-recorded, so uh, apologize for that. And uh, it, uh, my, don't mind the lag in the video just a little bit. So we did our best, but. Uh, yeah, Jack, uh, excited about the, the video and, um, the interview with, with Nick. We had a fun time doing it, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. That was the first, uh, opportunity we had to speak to a player over at Schalke. Hopefully we get some more of those, uh, in the future, but definitely, uh, you know, a special experience, uh, for us and, uh, no better way to, uh, usher in the 100th episode of the podcast than with, uh, with a player, uh, on the show. Yep. And before we get to the video, I do want to mention, uh, we did do a giveaway for our 100th episode. Uh, and we did get a winner. Uh, if I don't know if, if everyone saw on, you know, on social media, but we did get a winner. His name is Christopher Veland, uh, aka the spare wheel on Twitter. So congratulations to you on the jersey. Uh, we'll, it's coming in the mail. So you should be getting it this week. But thank you to everyone who participated in, in the in the drawing. Uh, we had a lot of fun and this is going to be a, a fun episode. So 
I think without further ado, let's get over to the video, Jack. And we'll be still be in the chat, but uh, enjoy the video. And now joining with us is a very special guest. Uh, his name is Nick. Uh, he's from Midlothian, Virginia, but by right now he's living in Gelsenkirchen. Uh, please welcome to the show, Nick Taitagui. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. So, Nick, did we get the, the pronunciation of, of the last name correct? That, that's, the, that's the most important thing. There's been a lot of debate about this. And uh, actually, we, you sent us a nice little uh, audio message a couple months ago congratulating us on behalf of Schalke for um, our 100th episode, which is coming up, I think, in just one or two episodes here. Um, and Richard and I, uh, as excited as we were to hear that message, we were hoping for a pronunciation of the last name. <laughs> and you started it off with just, hey, it's Nick. And we were like, dang, we didn't get it. So can you just set the record straight? We have the source right in front of us for all time. What is the correct pronunciation? It is hard, but um, this is correct. It's Tadigui. Tadigui, um, there we go. Tadigui, all right. In um, Guam, where they usually um, which actually a lot of Germans say, um, they say it well, but um, in America, we say Tadigui. All right. Good okay. to know. We'll make sure to get that correct for the rest of the season. Appreciate it. So I think it was back in February, you extended your contract um, for an additional season through the end of this, this upcoming season here uh, with a club option to extend for a couple years beyond that. Um, what do you think Schalke's seen in you so far through your time here that, that's given them the confidence to want to extend with you? Um, going forward, and, and what have you enjoyed about the club that has given you the confidence? This is where you want to continue your career for the time being. Um, well, I think uh, I did I did very well, but uh, I had a lot of injuries, and um, what what I wanted to show them was that you know I really wanted this, and um, that's what my goal originally when I came here, an important player, and um, um, I wanted to show them that you know I will give 110 percent, you know, every time I go on the field. And especially with throughout the injuries, you know, I, I cherished the time that I was on the field and I really wanted to give, you know, 110% every time. And um, I, I wanted to make that the most important thing that what I, I wanted to show that in my play, you know, when the times that I was on the field and I think I did. And, and uh, I was very proud to, you know, sign an extension. And I know there's a lot of work to be done and uh, I want to restore that faith. And, uh, glad to be here. Nick, this is uh, Richard. Um, you know, it's been a, it's a difficult time for all of us. Uh, obviously, the pandemic is still going on. Um, yeah. did you, have you found it difficult to maintain focus on soccer given, you know, the recent world events? And do you feel mentally and physically recharged and ready for the season? Um, I definitely do now. I'm very motivated just because, you know, when it's league games and the world of football is continuing and uh, I'm happy to, you know, be a part of that and I mean I think back in February March when it was originally happening I think it was a lot harder because you didn't know if you were going to play yeah. uh, next week or month you know so you're just like what so what am I doing this for but I think it could go fast you know what I mean so like you had to be ready and um, you know I was I was actually injured at the time so uh, I wanted to get back and no matter what so I was working hard so uh, yeah it, it hasn't been really hard to stay motivated you know now that the games have been rolling. So in your, in your conversations, um, you know, early in your, to your time with the senior team, um, where do you feel like you're going to be slotting in? Have you had conversations with David Wagner about what kind of role he thinks that you're going to be used in? Um, 
when we see you get minutes this season and going along with that, is that role what you would also consider to be um, where you can optimize your own talents and where you feel most comfortable and where you'd prefer to play or um, are some of the things that we're going to be seeing you do and what you're going to be being asked to do, is, is that going to be somewhat foreign or a little bit of a change for you in terms of uh, how you generally like to play? I, I do think it's a little bit, a little bit of a change, um, but at the same time, um, I'm getting used to it every day. You know, it's kind of like a, it's a, which is it's kind of a mix of a winger and a central role. So I think I think um, I just need to get you know just and tactically aware of you know the runs, uh, the pressing, and, and every day you know I get a little bit of a better understanding of the position. And uh, you know I'm sure I'm sure in the future it'll get a little bit easier. And uh, so yeah, um, I, I I think I will I'll slot in pretty pretty nicely. If, um, I can understand the role well enough, which I come up to it. Jack, I think we saw a little bit of that in the recent friendly against Bochum, which is uh, great to see, obviously. All right, Nick, um, your friendship with Wes McKinney is very well documented. Uh, is there anyone apart from him that had been a great resource for you that you've gotten close to uh, at your time at Schalke? Um, when I first came here, um, I'm, yeah, I was lucky to come with, you know, Weston and Haji were there at the time. And I got close to Haji. Um, he was here, you know, I think two years ago, but he's playing elsewhere now. We had a good bond, and uh, you know, it was it was a lot easier coming in because you know we had those guys, had those American guys. They they also spoke German when I arrived, so they were able to translate for me. And uh, also uh, Christian, he, when he played for, he always hung out. So yeah, it's, it's been good. We have our own little database of Americans abroad, and we all stay. Is there a particular uh, you know favorite memory you have from your time at Schalke so far? A favorite accomplishment outside of you know promotion to the first team? Um, outside of, um, yeah, signing the new contract, which was my goal, but, um, yeah, obviously make new goals, but, um, it was the run with, um, with, um, the U19 against Bayern. Um, that was very memorable. And, you know, the whole team, we, we wanted to win so bad and we, we won the first leg and, Unfortunately, we lost in the second, you know, we lost on aggregate, but I think that was my best memory. You know, all the fans you know, were behind us and we felt all the support. And um, I just remember those times with, you know, I was playing with Weston, Haji and the other U19 guys. A lot of them are here actually with the first team now. So we continue that relationship now. That one, that's one of my best memories. We definitely, we definitely need some uh, some competitiveness against Bayern. So if you can bring that into the first team, I think we'll all uh, we'll all love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they need to be stopped. Uh, well, you know, obviously that's uh, some you know, great accomplishments for you. And now that you've signed the extension, what do you feel? What kind? Of, what do you want to accomplish in this next year uh, with Schalke? What, what's your what, what are your goals for this season? Um, I think definitely, I just I want to be an important part of the team. That's what I'm working for. Um, I want to be a regular and, uh, you know, I want to be able to decide games, just, you know, I want to be with the team, you know, helping on the field as much as I can and um, as much as I can do for the club. That's, that's what I feel like I want to be in the next year. Excellent. Nick, in your time in the youth ranks, um, is, is there any 
player in particular that um, either hasn't made the jump to the first team yet or somebody that we that you know fans haven't gotten a good look at yet that you've been particularly impressed with that you've played with that you think we should keep an eye on uh, for the future? Like, who are you excited about that hasn't quite made that jump yet as well? That's hard to say just, just because when I, when I graduated, most of the guys either left um, or they graduated to the first team. So, you know, the guys I played with, you know, like Nassim, uh, Levin, Ahmed, like I, I played with them all in, in uh, under 19. Um, so, but I will say, you know, um, the other American, Matthew, um, I, he scored a lot of goals in preseason. So, you know, and I've had some conversations with him and I hope the best for him. And uh, he's hungry. He wants to, he wants to prove himself. So I hope he does it as well. Yeah, that's uh, certainly a player that we've been uh, keeping our eye on as well, Jack. Jack and I have. So, um, is there a player, Nick, active or retired, that you look up to and want to model your game after, or is Nick Tatagui his own brand? There are a lot of players, like attacking players, that I look up to. Like I watched a lot of Eden Hazard growing up, but you know, because I like how he can change pace and you know the split second. Yeah, he can dribble. He can. You can you can play the ball simple if he needs to, but um, you know I, I I like trying to take something from every every player, and I think that ties into what you say, like your own brand. You know, I think it's you know important you should take someone something from a lot of players, and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I want to model my game after. You know, I want to be it be a lot of things, not just one. You mentioned uh, early on uh, some of the injury struggles that you've had over the past couple of seasons. And, and you're somebody who, despite not having um, gotten a lot of those minutes on, on, a, on a first team level yet, uh, is, is a fairly recognizable and well-known name within uh, U.S. men's national team circles to pivot to that for a second. Um, and so I, I was wondering, because I, I think it's been a couple, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's been a couple of years now since you've, you've had a call up to any sort of um, like, you know, youth national team setup or anything. Yeah, uh, when you see... Uh, some of the other guys around your age, you know, Weston, Christian, Tyler Adams, um, even Josh Sargent to some extent coming on at, at, at Verder Bremen now, when you see what some of these guys have, have been able to break through, is that something that gives you um, encouragement and optimism going forward? Or is there a part of you that is at all concerned that these injury issues you've had the past couple of years have caused you to, you know, potentially miss an important window to start building your brand and get a foot in the door at the national team and be a part of this, this next generation that's coming through? Um. Yeah, I do think, you know, some of the injuries were a little bit concerning, you know, at the time. Uh, I think now I can say otherwise. And, uh, you know, at the time it was it was hard, you know, having hope. But, I mean, uh, now I'm, I'm very up and doing what they're doing, very motivating, and we're also very close. And, um, you know, it's been my dream to play for the national team, um, you know. But, you know, if you want to play for the national team, you have to play good for your club. And, you know, so Schalke is is my priority right now. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to prove myself with Schalke and it starts here. Absolutely. Nick, um, you know, you've been in Germany now for quite a while. Uh, is there anything particular about that you noticed from the coaching or the environment that you may, you think it's conducive to, to have so many American players come up, go play there. Um, and then, you know, what is it about, um, just a, just a culture there that Americans seem to thrive, as, especially as of late. Uh, many of Americans have come through, as Jack just mentioned. Um, what do you think about it, the, the whole culture there and the environment in Germany that helps breed the success for these Americans? Um, I, th I, think, I think first 
and the rules um, with a foreign country. I think England is like very hard because I think you, if you're 18 or you're under 18, you have to be playing for the first team to even you know get a work permit. Oh wow! Um, so, and I also think like Holland has a similar role or similar role, but I think you have to meet like a certain salary. Um, so it's very hard to get younger players. Um, so, but I but I do think many um, in the beginning like Christian and and. And um, I noticed that there's a lot of scouts that go to um, events in the U.S., like, you know, academy um, tournaments, and uh, they see that, you know, players players there have potential. But um, I think it's a, it's a good idea just because in, um, you know, America, they go to, they usually think you're going to college. Like, you know, in Weston, you were going to go to college before shopping. So, so um, you know, that's kind of the, the step that you need to take. And you know, they get them at the U19 level and, you um, I think that's a good understanding of, you know, they need one, one year before pro, which is U19. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a good idea, especially for the future to get, you know, develop players before the professional levels. Is there any uh, aspect of, of, of German culture that you've come to appreciate that you think Americans in general are sleeping on that we need to be aware of? I don't know if it's like a custom or a food or anything like that. Anything that you've, you've, you've taken to since you've been over there that you think we need to be aware of and, and get on the train. Um, you could say no and just go no America. Pressure. That's fine with us. <laughs> yeah, um, I, the customs that or the culture that I like, I like some of the food here. <laughs> Their, um, respect for beer and uh, like the Oktoberfest. Yeah. And um, uh, I like you know when I came over, I used to eat the schnitzel a lot. So it's like a it's like a giant chicken nugget basically. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm familiar with chicken nuggets, so I, I eat that a lot. <laughs> Oktoberfest fan, man after my own heart. I respect that. Yeah, I've got to partake for in the schnitzel and the Oktoberfest in, in, in Germany as well. So yeah. I can test how good that is there. So last question we're going to wrap it up with. Um, give us your take on VAR. I mean, everyone has one. I'm curious what yours is as a player. Uh, we, we as fans, we have our opinions, but I'm curious what, what the player's perspective is. That's hard just because I see both sides of it. I see like, you know, you know, if it was a penalty, it, it should have been a penalty, even if it was ruled um, not a penalty, you know, but, you know, they have to take that back. They, they kind of take the emotion out of the game. And, uh, you know, I see the side also, you know, the ruling on the field, you know, those refs are there for a reason and, and they're in the game, they feel the game. And uh, I'm leaning more on the side of that. I, I, maybe there shouldn't be VAR just the game. And, and, you know, there's some players that, you know, like diving, of course. So, um, yeah, I'm more on the side that um, it should just be the rest. Fair enough, fair enough. Jack, I think that's a, that's a answer we expected uh, for the most part. I mean, um, obviously, fans have their fans are very passionate. They have their own opinions. Sometimes it's a little crazy, but it's good to hear a player's perspective on something like that, right, Jack? Absolutely. And uh, Nick, we want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, just sit down and chat with us briefly. You are the uh, the first player to make an appearance on the Shock America podcast. It's an honor that I'm sure you'll hold close to your heart for the rest of your playing career. It's oh, a tremendous cool. coach. Definitely cool. no, no, but we, but we thank you for that. And uh, we will be uh, rooting for your success and for the team's success, of course, uh, throughout this upcoming season. So uh, stay safe and uh, best of luck to you as you continue to try to, uh, you know, develop in your career here. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Nick. All right.
right, that was the interview with Mr. Tadagui, as he says. Um, Jack, uh, yeah, it was very kind of him to, uh, to to sit down with us for, you know, 15 minutes or so and, and really, you know, talk about, you know, his career and, you know, the ups and downs and where he sees it going forward. Just realized you're that. muted, Thank but very much. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a particularly interesting comment anyway, so don't worry about it now. No, yeah, but wait, yeah, once again, okay, it's, very good. it's very cool to get the opportunity to actually um, hear directly from yeah. some of the people on the ground over over there. Um, definitely a nice change of pace as opposed to us just talking about it from afar. So hopefully we can get uh, some more player interviews uh, in the future. That kind of access is, is is awesome, and we'd love to be able to check in with, with people occasionally throughout the campaign. So um, we'll see. But, I mean, for the meantime, at least, that was a great opportunity and uh, nice to speak to Nick. He's a, he's a great young guy, and, you know, hopefully he can – contribute to our campaign this season somehow at some point i feel we gave him a really tough question with uh what's his uh take on the cu- favorite custom because uh <laughs> he, was, he wasn't sure you know, to answer you know that. what every every american over in germany gets that question so i felt bad for asking it because it's kind of it's kind of like i'm sure they've been asked that like 30 times but yeah um anyway so <laughs> it's all right i gotta put him in the hot seat every now and then right yeah. so yeah i uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview with nick uh, obviously, it was uh, before the, uh, the the moves that happened this past week. Uh, but yeah, you know, let's get into that because uh, we thought things well, things were certainly bad after that Byron game. Uh, eight nothing debacle. I, I, shithousery, basically, is what it was. Um, and then we knew, well, we heard rumors were that, you know, Wagner had to get a win or that his job was on the line. Um, and there was, there was no, no confirmation of that, but we saw what we saw in the game was basically a one team affair. If Shaka was at home, uh, you know, we hope that maybe they'll have a better performance, at least put some fight into the game, uh, against Bremen. But what ensued was, uh, pretty much a domination, uh, in my opinion, by Werder Bremen, uh, two goals by Nicholas Fulkrug in the first half in the 22nd minute and then the 37th minute, really no defense, uh, to his goals, uh, pretty much left wide open. Uh, Fulkrug would get the hat trick uh, in the 59th minute, I believe, off a penalty kick. Um, you know, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. At that point, the team didn't deserve anything better at that point. Uh, so three nothing. We look very, very lackluster. Uh, to add to the misery, uh, Mr. Ozan Kabak uh, picks up a red card or a second yellow, I guess, uh, for knocking down. Uh, I forget the player's name. I don't recall. Uh, was it Finn Bogson or who was it? Um, either way. He knocked him down. Got a red card. Uh, we'll find out. After, we'll talk about what happened with that play a little bit in, in a second. But uh, he gets a red card. Shocker down to a man. Uh, down a man. Uh, we do get a consolation goal through Mark Uth. Uh, it was a, a decent goal, but consolation goal didn't mean anything really. We lose three to one. After the game, we find out that uh, there was a spitting incident with Mr. Kabak. Um, he immediately apologized on Twitter, on on all social media. I assume to the player as well. Uh, apologize that he had no intent of doing that. Uh, but uh, there is precedence in the league when other players have done this. Uh, and this being Kabak's first incident, um, the DFB went hard, but didn't go. Could have could have been worse, I guess. He got five game ban uh, for spitting. I, I assume they're going to appeal it. Uh, but that's what the news that came out, I think, today or yesterday, that he's going to get a five game suspension before that spit spitting incident. Um, where do you want to begin with this game? Um, I mean, I don't think we need to go super in depth in terms no. of breaking it down just because, 
you know, there's a managerial change anyway. So it, things that we may have been seeing in that might not be what we're going to see going forward. Well, I guess we'll wait and find out. But uh, I mean, yeah, basically what you had said previously was, um, you know, we kind of expected that Bayern game to not go well. Yeah. I mean, maybe we didn't expect eight nil, but we expected it to be fairly ugly. What we were looking for um, against against Werder Bremen was just a bounce back performance. I mean, not even necessarily a win, uh, just because we know just fight. Yeah, just just show us something. First 15, 20 minutes of that game, we weren't bad. Um, you know, we're moving the ball around, you know, playing possession a little bit. Uh, and and then once that first goal goes in, it just the heads drop and, and everything everything falls apart. And um, I mean, you can see the hat trick to full crew. Like, I mean, come on, like really. Uh, I mean, the first goal um, for him uh, off of a corner kick. No, no, I mean, no one marks him. The guy's wide open. There's, wide there's, open. there's four players marking Josh Sargent, who's heading the ball back down into the ground. Everyone's else is ball watching. He slips in behind, and it's you know it's an easy tap in goal. Um, the second goal comes from Stambouli getting absolutely burned from not even on a counter attack on a free kick, no less. Yeah. Just cannot stay with his man. Um, I mean, that was an issue in the Bayern game, but some of that is just. You know, Byron has some very fast players, so we would expect that. But um, you know, if you're, if you're getting, yeah, but if you're getting smoked like in your own box, yeah, from like a step, that's not it's not a great look. Um, I mean, that was that was far too easy of a goal to concede. Um, and then the third one was was the penalty, uh, I believe, from uh, the foul from Kabak. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Um, I mean, actually, going back to our, our conversation with with Derek Ray, actually, what we talked about on there partially was. We really need manager aside. We we need the right characters in the squad, yeah. the kind of people that are going to not drop the heads and not give up the entire game plan or you know whatever the second the goal goes in and things start going poorly. Because we've seen this in the second half of the season under you know Tedesco's second campaign. We, we've seen this last year, David Wagner. It's like it's we come out with a game plan and then once you get this momentum of losses and it becomes kind of a habit. The the time the first goal goes in, you you feel like the team's like here we go again. Rather than really digging in and doubling down, and yeah. uh, you know, Kabak's a young player that I think we're all very excited about. But uh, I mean, he was shocking, um, not just from you know a, a performance standpoint because he was bad, but he looked like he was just completely bailing. I mean, his, his head down the whole time. Yeah, his coach's job is on the line. Um, his team is very much in the shit, and I mean, he has an opportunity as a young guy who's one of our most talented players to step up and be try to be a rock of the back be a leader for this team because he could step into a leadership role. I mean, there's definitely a little bit of a vacuum of that at the moment. And and instead, um, you know, we see him committing very cheap, aggressive fouls. Uh, you mean that first, uh, I mean, the spitting incident as well. Uh, he, he claimed on Twitter that it wasn't intentional. And, you know, maybe it wasn't. Watching it live, man, it looked intentional. Because that foul was, he didn't try to play the ball on, on that foul. He, he was, it was a dirty foul. And then as he's finishing that up, he looks like he's looking at the guy and spits. And like, especially during COVID, it's not a good, it's not a good look. Now, is that action actually particularly dangerous? I mean, these players are getting tested all the time. Right. So, I mean, it's probably not a big deal, but just the optics of that too, when we have this thing going on, it's even worse. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just, just a player who looked like he was totally bailing out there and he's not one of the guys that I expected. Um, to kind of demonstrate that lack of character when things went badly. So I was, uh, I was very disappointed in him in particular. And, uh, you know, hopefully he has some time now to think about it and potentially with the new manager changes, changes attitude and his approach, because I mean, Lord knows we need him, man. We need him this campaign. 
We do. And, uh, you know, the, the stats, if you just look at the stats alone, it's gonna, it's deceiving. I mean, we had 18 shots to their 17. Uh, we had, you know, four shots on target to their seven. Uh, we outpossessed them, you know, 60-something to 30-something. So uh, the, the optics were definitely off. But you watch, you watch the game, you can see the team didn't have anything in them. It's, you know, uh, Verder was basically just soaking up the pressure and playing on the counterattack. Uh, I talked about it, and, and, you know, during halftime, I said, you know, Set pieces again. It's just we're not doing anything on set pieces, letting them do what they want, and led to the two full crew goals in the first half. Uh, so, yeah, all the way around, a lot of a lot of issues going on. Uh, we knew once that game ended that something was going to happen. Um, you know, even people, the, the the ever optimist, thinking you know, hey, maybe Wagner's going to get his job saved. I I don't think anyone was thinking his job was saved after that game. And uh, we found out just what was it, the day after that his job he was gone. Uh, many speculations about who would take his place. Uh, many many names are up in there. And I, I was talking about uh, Mark Van Bommel to a couple people, and then before his name got mentioned. Uh, but you know, we were talking back and forth about several several possibilities. Uh, the one name that kept you know coming back and back uh, back and over and over again was uh, Manuel Baum, uh, former Augsburg uh, manager. Uh, he was he was constantly in the in the in the you know top three of the of the of the names. This is probably the most consistent name we saw over and over with the rumors. Uh, but you know today uh, they did make the announcement. Uh, Manuel Baum becomes the new manager, and I think uh, a surprise with that is that he brings along a uh, a cult hero, a familiar face, someone with integrity, character, and, and leadership, and that's Mr. Naldo. Uh, you know what? What is your reaction with the, with the hiring of Bomb? But then, even more importantly, what do you think about Naldo and what he brings to the team? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Ralph Ragnick for a bit, um, yep. and that was a popular name that was going around in the Schalke community. Obviously, been at Schalke previously, um, but we we had spoken. There's various reasons, both on Ragnick's side and on you know the Schalke hierarchy side, about why that probably wouldn't work out. Um, but he actually went on TV this past weekend and addressed that and basically said he wouldn't rule out a move back to Schalke. He just didn't see it happening at the time. Um, so that kind of like, for some people, stoked the fire further, but other people were like, well, he just kind of said it wasn't going to happen. So, but anyway, as you said, Baum was one of the, wasn't one of the consistent candidates uh, previously of Augsburg. He's been out of a job since I want to say like April, 2019, something like that. Yeah. He's been with the German U20s or whatever. Yeah. He's been with the U18 team. Um, Jeremy, I mean, out of a, out of a club job, I should say. Yes. You're right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like his his record at, at Augsburg wasn't fantastic. Um, yep. I want to say he had a win percentage of something like twenty seven percent. Got points yep. in like fifty something percent of his matches. Yeah. Um, but once again, it's Augsburg, and they don't necessarily have the squad or you know the resources some other clubs. So, um, I mean, there's certainly times where they where they definitely played well under him. Um, and he's considered, I guess, to be, um, a little bit more flexible and tactically minded than than David Wagner is. Uh. So, I mean, I'm definitely willing to get, to give him a shot. I feel like there's there's a lot of negativity in the Schalke community right now, just being like under underwhelmed by this hire. But once again, who are we going to get? I mean, there's there's financial constraints. There's there's serious constraints in terms of who would even want the job at this point, given you know the financial situation, the, the way the, the way the performances have been recently. Um, I mean, it's it's an it's an intimidating position to to voluntarily throw yourself into. Uh, and, uh, he seems like he is, you know, very, he's going into it eyes open, right? He know he knows what he's getting himself into. He said that, and he's very excited about, you know, the opportunity. So that's all you can really hope for. And from, you know, it's a guy with previous Bundesliga experience and I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with that hire and I'm willing to see how it goes. And then the other point you asked was, uh, what was the Naldo point? And, um, you know, generally I'm not a huge fan of, of 
former players with like no coaching experience just immediately like slotting into a coaching staff. But in this situation, I don't think that's why he's there. No. And I think you would agree with me. It's because you know, you need somebody who was a leader on the field and, you know, in the, in the locker room when he was there, somebody who cares deeply about the club and, and, you know, is familiar with it, familiar with the Bundesliga, familiar with Schalke, all that. Uh, and somebody to hopefully whip these guys into shape and, and yeah. keep the group together and fighting and all moving in the same direction. Um, and, and that's what Naldo I think brings to the table in this role, not to say that he's not going to have any, any, um, impact on, on the coaching side, but I, I think he's definitely more of a, uh, of a leadership figure, somebody that some of the players are still familiar with from their time there. So yeah. I, I absolutely love that move. I love having Naldo back. I think it's going to serve us well. Um, and so, yeah. uh, overall I'm feeling fairly positively about, about all of it. How are you feeling? Yeah. I, you know, I think overwhelmingly the, the, the decision to bring on Naldo was met with hundred percent, I think positivity, uh, you know, that that helped the bomb signing the bomb signing uh to have Naldo there because I think obviously he is such a such held in such high regard like you mentioned um so I was happy to see him there uh it's funny someone mentioned that oh since Kabak is now getting five game suspension now we get Naldo playing defense for us right we're like eh, I don't think so but yeah uh <laughs> that, might not be worse than Stambouli at the moment so who knows but right right. Uh, so it's, uh, I want to get back real quick to the to some of the the the, the rumors, you know, Ranić and Van Bommel. Uh Reason why I was like looking at Van Bommel is what he did with PSV and, and the attacking style with him. But you know, obviously he needs a lot of pieces that we don't have right now. I thought originally when Ranić's name came up, I said there's no chance in heck because I I know what what he wants. He wants a sporting director job and a manager job, and Jochen Schneider's not going to give that up. But then we heard rumors this week that oh maybe you know Jochen Schneider's job's on the line. So maybe Ranić's a very good possibility. And I was like, well, okay, well, if that's a situation, okay, I can see Ranić coming on. And uh, he he's all about youth development. Maybe we can see some of our youth players come back into the fold. Uh, you know, Katuchu, Marikan, uh, Bujilov getting some more time, um, Bazuan. Uh, but um, ultimately, you know, it was it was a, it was you know Jokic Schneider coming out and saying, you know, that's not going to happen. He costs too much money. Um, and I know I know that there's no way Ranić's going to take any job that's just a manager job. He wants power, more power, and so. Unless he's going to get that, he's not going to get the job. So that's what we had here at Chalka. Um, now we got the new man, Marcel Baum, or Manuel Baum. I keep calling Marcel all day long. I don't know. Manuel Baum. Manuel Baum. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting hire. Uh, you know, obviously coming coming up in uh, Unterhaking, uh, you know, through that ranks there. And then uh, eventually getting the job with Augsburg. Did, did an okay job. Uh, and end up going to the U18s or U19s for, for the Mannschaft. Um People are wondering what kind of what, what's he going to bring to to Schalke. Uh, they said that Jokic Schneider said this is the the guy, the right guy for the job, uh, mentality wise, the specialist. Uh, he is a tactics guy. Uh, you know, you know, you look at some of the stuff that he did with Augsburg. He believes very much in the pressing type system. Uh, typically, defensively, he his teams line up in a four five one, or even you know, depending on the team, like maybe like a Dortmund or or Bayern who have the wingers, the pace. He'll maybe do like a 5-4-1, uh, but he believes very much in pressing the pressing game, kind of similar to what we saw with Tedesco, where if uh, an opponent loses the ball, automatic pressure on it, trying to get a turnover immediately. Um, really, with the team, what we saw in Augsburg, uh, the teams tend to set back and then try to counter on the opposite against the opposition. I expect a very similar setup to what he had at Augsburg. Um, he's got some midfielders that you know hopefully can play better now under him. Uh, hopefully with Naldo there, we'll raise the spirits, keep the, the locker room loose, but focused and, you know, have that leadership ability that we, we desperately need. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm ultimately positive about this, uh, Jack, um, especially with the Naldo thing. Like you said, I, that, that's what has me excited about this whole thing. If it was just, if it was just Baum, 
I'd be like, okay, well, we'll get it. We're 100 behind him no matter what. We have to be right. Uh, but uh, I, I'm a little bit more positive now with Naldo, I think, and I, I, I can, I, I will willing to go on on the edge and say that everybody else is 100 happy with Naldo being being on board too. Yeah, the other thing I liked from some of the comments I, I heard him make uh, initially was um, the emphasis he placed on bringing youth players through the ranks. Obviously, yes, that's, that, yes. that's something that's important to, to, to Schalke supporters in general. Um, you know, the Cap Schmidt is a, a major point of pride for us. It's some in, in a part of our club that's that's widely respected outside of our club, uh, and it's something that we've also criticized David Wagner for. Yeah. Um. Uh, and uh, even even early into this season, with the likes of Katuchu and, and Chan Bosduan not even making the match day squad, you know, forget the bench, not even, not even making the match day squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we had, I, I believe I heard uh, whoever was commentating the, the, the shock of Bremen match say that our, our squad was like the second highest average age. Yeah. Um, that's starting 11, which is, you know, probably not what you want to be doing either, especially when the guys that you're, that you're talking about are, um, you know, people like Ibisevich who's at the end of his career or lone players who are, you know, that we're not particularly excited about, um, uh, or guys like Stambouli who seem to be sort of past it now. It's not as if we have, you know, a bunch of older players near 30 that are all like, you know, at their peak and, and people yeah. that we really rely on. The people we've been relying on are, you know, the younger guys, Kabak, uh, you know, Harit, Serdar. Um, and we've been excited about some of the youth. So hopefully if he makes good on that and, and tries to reintegrate some of these guys that maybe haven't gotten quite the opportunities that we think they should have or, or um, haven't gotten any opportunities at all early into this season, that's something I'm excited about. Um, and then yeah. the other thing I thought was interesting was he, if I remember correctly, he, he often played like a four, two, three, one, yes. sort of a general, yeah, that's his general. Name. Correct. Yeah. And it, obviously it depends on how you use those wide, those wide midfielders in a four, two, three, one, but oftentimes those are winger type players, more attacking minded players. And that's a position that we seem to have uh, a serious lack of at yeah. the moment. It's something we've talked yeah. about previously with David Wagner. So I'm going to be curious to see if he tries to make that work here, or if he, um, if we see him changing to a general starting shape that that's slightly more foreign, or even going to like you know like a five four one, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, or even you know three at the back potentially. I doubt that at the moment with some of the injuries and, and suspensions and everything. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he says, especially because we've been you know we have we have Upek, we have Abisevich and, and Paciencia on, so we, we're bringing in all these strikers, and, and you would you would wonder if you know if we go back to like a one striker system instead of a partnership, if that's going to disappoint some of the guys who just came in thinking that they were maybe going to get more playing time. So yeah. uh, a lot up in the air, but I think in general, you and I both, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We feel pretty good about it. And yeah, the Naldo thing I think is, is, is huge. And hopefully that settles everyone down and gets everyone pulling in the same direction. Uh, William Kremp is uh, asking a question. How much truth is there to the Da Costa rumors? And do you guys think a move for him will be made? Uh, I don't know if the room will be no, a move will be made because I, I, I got to see what kind of what kind of move is going to be a loan or what is it or is it a buyout and we don't have that much money at first off so it's probably going to be a loan with an option to buy. Uh, currently, Da Costa is uh, a third stringer over at Frankfurt. Uh, that's where he's at, right, Frankfurt? Yeah. Um, so uh, he wants to, he wants to move out. Um, I think they should go for it because we don't have he he would fill a position that we don't have currently. I mean, Rudy, I, I would I'd rather have Da Costa there than Rudy, uh, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, it. The, I think there's truth to that rumor. Will we get him? I don't know. It's a, it's still a wait and see. Um, I didn't think we were going to get another keeper, and we did. So, um, yeah, it's it's possible at this point. Maybe this is, uh, you know, if, if if Baum comes in and says I need this guy, I think they're going to try to do what they can to at least bring him on on a loan. Um, what do you think about these rumors here? I I have a feeling that this one is probably more smoke than fire, but 
Uh, I definitely wouldn't hate it. I, I, yeah. I'd, oh, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be fine with that. He's a player that I generally have a pretty good opinion of. And, and the fact that he's sort of fallen out of favor recently at Frankfurt, yep. um, you know, could prove to be a good opportunity for us if we bring him in. Uh, and maybe Frankfurt's just going to give us all their players that they don't need. Uh, you know, <laughs> pass the NCAA. Got the goalie now. I'd, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and whatever we can do, because obviously, the, uh, we, you know, we could use some help. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But the, the goalie situation is interesting if you want to move on to that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we we swapped today uh, on loan. Um, such a weird weird move. Uh, uh, Frederick Rano for Marcus Schubert. Yep. So first of all, um, I don't understand why Schalke would have made this move unless they're planning on Rano being our starting goalkeeper over yeah. Ralph Fairman. If that ends up being the case, I think that's incredibly harsh yes. on Fairman because. I mean, despite the fact that we've now set a Bundesliga record for most goals allowed through the first two matches of the season with 11, um, we set, yeah, we set records back to back weeks to start the Bundesliga largest, you know, I think opening defeat and then most yeah. goals through two matches. But I don't think anyone can watch either of those matches and say, you know what? That's Fairman's fault. That's who it is. He's been left out to dry both games. I mean, come on. I mean, you look at the game. I mean, the goals in the Verde Bremen game, it's a penalty. Those are scored 75% of the time. So, I mean, not his fault. The first one, completely unmarked. Nothing he can do. And the third one, once again, unmarked. I mean, like, come on. Like, these are not, like, goalkeeper blunders or anything like that. So, if we're bringing this guy in really to make him the starter over Fairman, I feel really bad for Fairman because he was kind of kicked out last year, comes back in. We're looking for his leadership back there. And then after two games, which aren't his fault, he gets pushed aside. If he's not... um, Going to be the starting keeper, Rano, that is. uh, I don't understand we make this lone move at all. Because it's not a loan with an option to buy, as far as I'm aware. So if he plays really well for some reason, we might not be able to keep him. Yeah. In which case, we just gave Farman, you know, Fairman. Yeah, and Schubert's not going to play at Frankfurt, so we just gave him away for a season for no reason. Um, Yeah, it just it it puzzles me entirely. I I don't understand this move. We're gonna have maybe it's a move that's being pushed by Manuel Baum. Possibly. Maybe yeah. that was something that he was trying to get done as part of his, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. What, what, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was head scratching to me too. I'm like, you know, if you if you move in Schubert so you can get some playing time, okay, I get that. But that's not the case because Frankfurt's pretty set at goalkeeper. Uh, and then you bring in this other guy and, you know, I had the same feelings as you. It's like, oh, are, are you going to bench Fairman? He has done nothing to deserve a benching. Uh, and, you know, just the whole thing is just confusing to me. And so I guess we're going to have to wait and see what the lineup looks like against Leipzig. I mean, I, I would I would think Fairman's going to start for Leipzig. Yeah, so all the players that started pretty much last week are probably going to start because Baum's really got to see the team, you know, see who does what. I know today in this first training, he had 11 versus 11 pretty much to see what the guys are like uh, on the pitch. But I, w- I would guess Fairman starts that game. But, uh, yeah, if, if they're making a goalie switch, that's, that's head-scratching to me. I mean, like you said, if he does well, then he's going to go back to his club and exactly imagine if, if imagine if rano isn't the starter and comes in as a backup what kind of message does that send to schubert yeah we don't want you as our backup we don't even want you as a backup we want this <laughs> other guy who we have no connection to as a backup yeah. i mean the amount that we have messed with this young man's head i feel so because like he was doing perfectly fine at dresden i believe is where he came from yeah uh, we should have just left the poor guy alone i mean I, I legitimately feel bad for him at this point so yeah we'll wait and see what happens with that with the, you know the new uh the new head coach ultimately decides to do with the goalkeeping position, but that was that was a strange move as well. Um, and once again, not really reinforcing the positions that we need help at at the moment, which would be fullback mostly. Um, yeah, and then in the attack as well, even with the recent you know Paciency and Ibisevich move. Hey, for those in our live chat, um, tell us what you made of the move of Baum and uh, and Naldo. Tell us what you thought. Did you like it? Did you not like it? 
uh, let us know in the chat and we'll, and we'll talk about it here during and during the podcast. Um, you know, there was rumors going on before the game, uh, before he got hired, I should say, that they saw him in Gelson Kirshen. But, you know, he was with the, with the youth team, with, with the man chef, and he, he is known to go around to look at these young players. He was there to see the, the Kanap and Shemitah. Uh, in his interview, uh, or his press conference, I should say, he did talk about the, the Kanap and Shemitah and talked about how, you know, he does want to rely on the youth, uh, which is great to hear. Um, yeah, he did that. He did that heavily when he was at Augsburg. And, you know, that's kind of what we saw the, the emergence of Philip Max over there and some of the other youngsters over there. So um, that, that's only good signs for, for us, you know, you know, obviously having Bazduan and Bujlev and maybe the reemergence of Katucha, who knows? Uh, but I, I think what we noticed, at least at the end of last year of, you know, all the lineups that we had out there, the team that had the lineup that had probably had the most fight in them were the youngsters and that Larry Cruz match. Uh, we didn't do well in that. We didn't result wise. We didn't get what we wanted to, but um, yeah, they had a lot of fight in that game. And that's all we asked for at this point. You know, that's the, the coal miner mentality is try hard, work your ass off. Uh, uh, we talked about this with Derek Ray last week. Uh, that's all they, that's, that's all we, that's the minimum what they asked for. And, and we need to start seeing that because we certainly didn't see that in the last two games. And so, yeah, uh, uh, everyone's going to be paying attention closely to this game uh, on, um, on what day is it? Saturday this weekend uh, coming up against Leipzig. It's, it's a, uh, it's a difficult task for anybody. Uh, he knows what he's stepping into. Uh, he talked about it as presser. Uh, so, and, and the other thing with me, it wasn't like the, before he got hired, they were saying, Oh, this is going to probably be an interim signing and then probably bring in someone else after he signed a two year deal. So that doesn't seem so interim to me, Jack. Uh, maybe that's standard protocol that they give any manager a two year deal, but uh, it sounds like they're going to stick with him. And I think, you know, someone made a comment on Twitter that, you know, whether he's the guy or not, give this guy a fair chance. It might have been our friend Cedric, Cedric Zelmat. Uh, give the guy a fair chance. It's all, you know, give him an opportunity to, you know, try to develop the team how he sees fit uh, and, and give him an opportunity like, you know, so many guys before him didn't get a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's I think it's unlikely that we see this team play worse than they were under David Wagner. I think that's almost impossible in terms of the performances recently. Um, and I would be surprised if they were playing even as poorly. I think I think it's just important to keep in mind, though. We said this five game stretch was going to be brutal from the beginning. That's yep. with with David Wagner or whoever. It doesn't matter what manager it is. It's it's a very difficult five game stretch. And this in this first match, you know, with minimal preparation on Baum's part, um, you know, against Leipzig, everyone. I, I would just ask that everyone kind of try to withdraw, reserve some judgment. And not, you know, jump to massive conclusions uh, if if this one goes poorly for us, or even if it goes well, um, you know, it's just it's let, let's let's settle down. You know, we got we got the change that I think a lot of people wanted and had asked for, um, and now we just got to give the guy some time, uh, and uh, hopefully it's easy for us to give him time because hopefully the performances improve. But you know, even if, if we have a couple of rough games initially, I mean, I think we have to, you know, give him a fair shot and everything. So hopefully everyone, you know, is supportive and does that. And I'm sure there's, there will be. There's some interesting chatter on, on the chat right here. Uh, two guys that was uh, input on the Schubert and, and the Schubert saga and everything. And, you know, first William Kremp says uh, uh, he thinks uh, he's asking, Oh, was the move for sending Schubert out. So maybe he could learn more from trap than he could from Fairman. Eh, maybe. Uh, Trap's a very uh, quality goalkeeper, or has been for a long time, so that's that's a possibility. But you know, Schalke Brazil said that uh, it's said that Schubert left due to the troubled atmosphere in the club, and in in addition, he'll be able to learn from Trap, play some games with less pressure there. If that's the case, okay, uh, I get that maybe, but you're still messing with his head. 
whether whether that's your intention or not. I think, like you said, Jack, uh, you've been messing with this kid's head so much over the last you know year or so. Uh, <laughs> that, almost... That's messing with Fairman's head as well. Yeah. We want him to go learn from from Kevin Trab, not from you. Better than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I... who knows, man? Who knows? Our, our goalkeeper situation has just been so silly over the past like two seasons. I, I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah, I am too. Um, yeah, I, I do know with what we're gonna see from Baum. The only thing I can say with certainty is that well, you know, looking at what he did with his with other clubs he's managed is that you know defensively they're gonna try to set up shop and 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 take away the passing lanes, take away the middle, force the teams on the outside, uh, and then I guess obviously when they play against teams like Dortmund and 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 Bayern, they're gonna try to spread out the defense more, but um in the in the attack i feel like they're going to try to outnumber teams and really try to you know you know focus on one wing or whatever just outnumber the opposition uh cuz that's been a, a really a trademark of baum's uh career thus far so we'll see uh it it's 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 the coming week in a difficult match against leipzig and if you want to take this uh little tidbit here i i believe and someone can fact check me um i think uh ba- baum's first game with augsburg when he took over it was against leipzig and they won that game uh, it was uh, one nothing against a heavily favored Leipzig, uh, so maybe we see a, uh, a another maybe that's why he was hired just for this game. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, he's going to be It's going to be the, the one match, and then yeah, yeah. Head, yeah, yeah, that's twenty twenty. Anything is possible. So uh, yeah, uh, anything else you want to talk about with with these two guys? No, I mean I'm just, I'm just glad that we can finally put this David Wagner era behind us, hopefully, and I'm excited to see you know what's to come from the squad in in the next few match days. So once again, everyone. Settle down, see what happens, and uh, looking forward to being back here next week to talk about it. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, got to be, got to be behind the new man and see what he can bring. Give him, give him a chance. So let's see. Uh, we asked, uh, we asked uh, listeners and and you know followers, uh, send us some questions that you have. Uh, um, Nick, uh, Paul, who's who's on the call here, uh, he asked some questions about Nick. Unfortunately, I, I had to break the news to him that it was pre-recorded; it wasn't live. So, but we'll we'll, we'll send the, the message to Nick, and hopefully, he'll respond to that. Um, David Thielen on Facebook says, uh, looking forward to the interview with Nick on another note. I hope coach Baum chooses to keep Katuchu at, Sh- at Schalke. We know Wagner never valued him much, but both Katuchu and Skripsky can nicely compliment Pacienza and Ibisevic, especially if there are injuries, which we are bound to happen. Um, there, there was a rumor mid like a couple days ago, I think of, I, I believe it might've been to Sassuolo. Yeah. In Italy for Katuchu. So I have, so I have a con, not, not cool, have- man, not cool. I know the reporter uh, who mentioned that his name is John Solano. Uh, he's been on my show uh, with the series. I sit down many times. Uh, so he's a credible, re- credible source. And I guess, you know, Sassuolo, who is a very, uh, this team takes, you know, players who are there unknown and turns them into superstars. They're, this team can like, they can attack. They're almost as good as Atalanta over there who score a lot of goals. This team scores a lot of goals. Katucci could learn from a guy like Caputo, who is a fantastic striker. So, but I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he obviously stays with us, but if he goes somewhere, I mean, at least we'll be watching him. He'll probably develop into a stud if he goes to Sassuolo yeah. and gets sold for millions to somebody I mean, else. The whole free Katucci thing has gotten away from us. It's being spun into an entirely different medium. This is not what we meant. Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to ship this guy away. We're trying to get him in the you know in the first team picture here. Free him into the starting 11 is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Anyway, so hopefully he stays uh, and gets an opportunity under Baum. Uh, I certainly hope that's the case. So um, thank you for that comment, David. Uh our friend Glenn William, William, excuse me, from the uh, Canadian Facebook group says, "Congratulations uh, from your friends from Canada on reaching 100 episodes. We hope to find something to talk about tonight, and we certainly did a couple of things here, Jack. Um, and then yeah, I think that's uh, all the ones I saw. That I don't know if you caught anything else, but uh, 
Yeah, it's a, I think all of us are just uh, sitting on our chairs waiting for the news today, the, the break, and then now we're just like, okay, let's see what happens. I think I think we're going to have a, uh, an all-time high on the YouTube training sessions for Shaka for this week to see how they look uh, ahead of time. I will say this, uh, Naldo's never looked taller next to Baum because Baum's what, 5'7", the smallest manager in the Bundesliga. And, and, like and a goalkeeper in his playing career, uh, which just, does, I mean, I don't know. Jorge Campos, anyone? No? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, anything you want to talk about? Oh, or, or we can just wrap this one up. Uh, it was a fun episode. No, I have Nick and just want to shout out, you know, to all of our listeners um, who have been here, either either old listeners or new listeners um, who've been with us to this 100th episode. Um, yeah. Thank you. So I, mean, much. I, I remember when I fired off a you know a, a Twitter DM to you, you know, to see if I could come on for a single episode. I never expected that I would you know be here 100 episodes later, whatever it's been, you know, since I joined you doing this it's been a tremendous pleasure for me so thank you to you richard for for uh this partnership and, and thank you to everyone who's supported us and, and helped you know continue to grow this podcast over time we really appreciate everybody this has come full circle because your first match was when uh, naldo scored that famous cult goal for the 4-4 game in the derby uh and then now he's back as a, as a head coach or assistant coach so hey look at that it all works out uh no the, the, the hundred episodes that we've had here you know all the all the people who followed us uh it's been an amazing journey, and it uh, we're we're continuing to evolve. Uh, you know, obviously, thanking Shalka for providing us. You know, obviously, uh, helping us out with the giveaway, but also having Nick on for us with the interview. We, we greatly appreciate that too. So, and all the all the viewing parties that come here in, in the U.S. So, well, last year, not this year. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's been an amazing ride, and uh, hopefully, many more to come. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you all again, um, and uh, you know to touch to end on this uh you know if you again if you haven't signed up for the shaka u.s newsletter make sure you do so just put in your email and uh and you'll get those updates uh every month um i think we should wrap this up jack what do you think let's do it let's do it all right keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the royal blues we want to thank nick tate excuse me tightly uh for taking time of his busy schedule to join us uh thank you to shaka for linking us up with nick uh, and teaming up with us on our giveaway. So uh, thank you also to everyone who participated in that giveaway. Thank you very much. Congratulations to the winner, to Christopher Velen. Um, and thank you to all the listeners who provided questions for our podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, if there are any topics you'd like us to discuss, send us a tweet at Shalk America. And um, we do want to give a special shout out to our good friends, NBC4 Nashville. We are thinking of you. I, I was about to say, let's not do that because we didn't even get a card from them. On our hundredth episode, Bastard. no, no congratulations, Bastard. no nothing. We've been oh, shouting them out. We've been shouting them out for you know multiple years now. Nothing from them. Radio silence. I don't know. I don't know, man. Let's find another uh, broadcast company to link up with. I guess. <laughs> Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? <laughs> you can find me at J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. As always, I am at R underscore K H A R M A N. I almost forgot that. Um, Thank you, thank you, folks. Let's uh, let's get ready for this match uh, matchup against Leipzig. New manager, new assistant manager. Um, I'm ready. We'll see you at the next episode. Shoes.